The planets are aligning just in time for the winter solstice. The Fighting Illini are in the market for a new football coach. More on these stories. I'm Sierra Henry. I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to Long Story Short, where we recap weekly stories reported by Lee Enterprises Central Illinois journalists. This week, we're going to start off the episode by talking about the long-awaited COVID-19 vaccine. On Tuesday, a group of healthcare workers in Chicago and Peoria became the first group in Illinois to receive a COVID-19 vaccine. The vaccine was developed by drug companies Pfizer and BioNTech, who were granted emergency use authorization by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration last week. The vaccine is now being shipped throughout the United States, and we will continue following this story closely. Make sure you are catching all the latest updates at Panagraph.com, Herald-Review.com, and JG-TC.com. And don't forget to subscribe to support local journalism. All right, let's move into some local government news. Kelsey, why don't you tell me about what's going on with Bloomington's restaurants? State Senator Jason Berrickman joined Bloomington Normal Restaurant owners Tony and Joe Wargo and Bob Dobsky for a news conference Tuesday, where they expressed frustration for Governor J.B. Pritzker, his executive orders, and the return to Tier 3 mitigations in Illinois. Joe Wargo said the impact of the mitigations have been devastating for their two restaurants, Joe's Pub in Bloomington and Joe's Station House Pizza Pub in Normal. Joe's Pub was fined this week by the Bloomington Liquor Commission, and the station house was cited and will have to appear before the normal Liquor Commission at the end of the month. For more on what the state senator had to say, check out Lenore Sabota's story, and for the full scoop on the normal Liquor Commission, check out Sierra's story, both on Panagraph.com. This week, Governor J.B. Pritzker proposed approximately $711.2 million in spending reductions. The cuts are an attempt to address a projected $3.9 billion drop in the current state budget, which is to end June 30th. Around $2 billion of the deficit is from lost tax revenue from businesses closing due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Pantograph reporters Kate Heather, Lenore Sabota, and Kelsey Watsnauer put together a great piece breaking down the budget cuts and what this means locally. You can check out the story at Pantograph.com. And now moving into some education news. In Charleston, Eastern Illinois University's fall commencement started this morning at 10 a.m., but just like everything else, the ceremonies are a little different this year. A video for a virtual graduation was sent out to the grads early and was released to the public online today. EIU's Assistant Vice President for Advancement and Alumni Affairs, Steve Rich, said they're trying to make this occasion as normal as possible. Though the format is different, many of the traditional features of the ceremonies are still included. The commencement can be viewed at eiu.edu commence and head over to jg-tc.com to read more about the changes in Dave Fopay's story. Now back in Bloomington, the city fines collected for COVID regulation violations will go towards helping local families this holiday season, Mayor Terry Renner announced Tuesday. He signed an executive order directing almost $5,000 to Bloomington District 87, which identifies families in need to provide assistance for every holiday season. Superintendent Barry Riley said with the addition of these funds, the district will be able to help 50 or more families who might not be able to buy gifts or those who with greater needs like food, rent, or utilities. Check out my story on Panagraph.com. 
The Illinois County Court-appointed special advocates received a grant through the Illinois Criminal Justice Information Authority to pay for advocates and tutors to benefit children in the foster care system. The grant is enough to pay for an educational manager and two tutors who will assist foster children with technology needs, homework, and more. The program will benefit more than 50 students with tutoring needs. Read reporter Valerie Wells' story on the program and how it will help Macon County students at herald-review.com for more information. All right, let's talk about some sports. The College Conference of Illinois and Wisconsin announced this week a plan for winter sports competition with practices beginning in early January and competitions starting no earlier than January 23rd. Illinois Wesleyan University Athletic Director Mike Wagner welcomed the news, saying that the conference presidents and athletic directors put a lot of effort into creating a plan to begin winter sports competition. Check out Panagraph reporter Randy Reinhardt's story at Panagraph.com to read more about the plan and what this means for IWU winter sports. The University of Illinois fired head football coach Lovey Smith after just five seasons this week. Smith, a former coach of the Chicago Bears, was hired in March 2016 by U of I Athletic Director Josh Whitman. Whitman said in a statement that the decision was made based on extensive evaluation of the program's current state and future outlook, and that the program is not progressing at a rate that the university expected. Reporter Joey Wagner has followed the story closely over the last week, providing coverage from the football team members' reactions and the university's progress in hiring a replacement. Check out his in-depth coverage at herald-review.com where you can find videos, photos, and more. And now for a few public safety and courts items. A Decatur woman who accidentally smothered her two-month-old son while sleeping in the same bed with him back in February was given a 24-month probation sentence Wednesday after she took a plea deal. Jennifer Bishop had a pretrial hearing set in January, but instead she pleaded guilty to endangering the life or health of a child, which is a Class 3 felony. For more details about her sentence and its conditions, find Tony Reed's story at herald-review.com. Early Thursday, traffic was backed up on Route 51 near Clinton after a Georgia man flipped his SUV and ended up in a dry creek bed of Ten Mile Creek. The driver was taken to a local hospital, but state police said his injuries were not life-threatening. For more on this crash that was sort of in the middle ground between Bloomington and Decatur, check out my report at panagraph.com and herald-review.com. Back in Bloomington Normal, a former employee for McLean County Unit 5 is suing the school district for job discrimination after she says she was treated differently and eventually forced to resign after she reported sexual harassment by a district administrator who has since resigned from the Normal-based district. The lawsuit asks that the plaintiff be reinstated to her position with back pay or awarded front pay if no comparable positions are available. Read my story at panagraph.com to find more about the specifics of the lawsuit and what this former employee is accusing. Alright, now let's head into some community news. Another wind farm is eyeing land in DeWitt County. A land agent representing a Houston-based renewable energy company has sent letters to landowners in Wilson Township regarding um, a possible wind farm. The letter states that the company is interested in developing a wind farm project in DeWitt County. In July, the DeWitt County Board approved its first ever wind farm, the Alta Farms 2 project in Barnett, Wapella, and Clintonia Townships, in a tight 6-5 vote. Three members who voted for the project were voted out of office in the November election. 
Pantograph reporter Kevin Barlow has been closely following the wind farm development in DeWitt County for the past year, and we have several articles pertaining to the Alta Farms 2 project. Check out Kevin's story on the um, wind farm inquiries at pantograph.com to read more. There are some amazing things that are going to be going on during the winter solstice this year. What some people are calling a Christmas star will appear in the sky Monday, but it's actually the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn, when the two planets will be so close during twilight and early evening that they will be visible by the naked eye. And get this, it's been almost 400 years since the two planets were this close, and 800 years since they were visible in the night sky. This is such a cool event, and if you can't tell, I'm pretty hyped. Experts say that light pollution will likely make it impossible to see, so people planning on catching this astrological event should head out to the countryside. For more information about the Christmas star, what it is, and how to view it, check out reporter Valerie Wells' story at herald-review.com. All right, everybody, how about that snow we had this week, (laughs) First snow of the season, I'm so excited. I woke up, what was it, Monday, Tuesday? Whatever morning it was, I woke up and I looked outside and I was very, very excited because I love snow. Actually, one of the hardest things about uh, when I lived in North Carolina was the fact that we basically only had two seasons, which is um, summer and spring. There was really no fall and there was barely a winter. And it's and uh, you people are probably going to get on me about complaining because they'll be like, oh, you know, you like... Uh, you're lucky 80 degree weather in the middle of November who could who could not want that well I really didn't want that I actually would prefer colder weather so when I came back to Illinois I was very excited and the um good gods of Illinois graced me by presenting like three snowstorms right off the bat in like February it was pretty wild like I it was like I had only lived here for a week and there was like two snowstorms back to back it was awesome but this week there was um a little snow so I'm really excited I've been drinking hot chocolate all week getting all cozy getting all excited for winter um I have my Christmas presents wrapped and ready to go under my tree which is only like four feet tall but yeah it's just been a really cozy week and I I couldn't have I don't know it's just I'm glad to end this week and I'm glad to spend um this weekend indoors cuddling with my cat under the blankets and watching Christmas movies what about you Kelsey tell me what you're going to do this week and what you have done this week and what you find cozy in the winter um well since I don't live in Bloomington normal the little dusting of snow this week did keep me home I didn't want to risk it but uh it let me just cuddle up on the couch with our dog and our cat and we we have the Christmas tree up as well it's like a full-sized one. <laughs> but um, we're starting to get a couple presents wrapped under there. I only have one, but my roommates have a couple other ones wrapped. And my cat did try to climb it this week, which she shouldn't because she's too old and fat to be trying that. Anyways, um, coziness. I, as much as I love Christmas movies, I feel like I've been returning to like just comfort movies in general like the old old Harry Potter movies and like like Disney movies and things like that take you back to my childhood a little bit and 
like with Christmas coming up, wrapping presents for me is so it's like the best part. Cause like I hate wrapping. Presents. I love it, and like everyone complains about it, and like everyone talks about like X Y Z people always wrap things badly. If you just like put some time and love and care into the gift. It just it just fills your heart with Christmas spirit. No. I feel like I feel like Santa's little elf and uh my my wrapping is so neat and perfect. <laughs> Not that it needs to be. It doesn't matter if it's perfect. It's just how much love is in, at, the, is in the You should wrapping. look at some of the Christmas presents I have under my tree because they are not wrapped good. Every year Austin my um, boyfriend wraps presents and he's so good at it and it always looks perfect meanwhile mine like they're so hodgepodge in the way that I like put them together and tape them and it's because I like every year I lay out the presents and I measure them and I pin it and it's still wrong it's still too (laughs) much wrapping paper and I can't get it to lay down correctly and I end up cutting a bunch off and then just looks oh my god and then sometimes I have to do them twice because I didn't get it done the first time but yeah um if you're good at wrapping Christmas presents or if you're particularly proud of your Christmas traditions um feel free to post pictures tag us in them um tweet at us my twitter handle is at pg underscore sierra henry and that's sierra as in sierra mist s-i-e-r-r-a uh and my twitter handle is k watsonauer that's k-w-a-t-z-n-a-u-e-r for the record i love seeing hanukkah pictures with all the candles so please send those as well we're not just christmas exclusive here (laughs) we love all of the holidays here so if you have any traditions that you want to share feel free to send them um as always thanks again for listening and tuning in with us if you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting check us out and subscribe at apple podcasts or spotify we also have several subscription options at panagraph.com herald-review.com and jg-tc.com so take a look when you have the chance and support local journalism thanks everyone